Welcome back, Heming Brainiacs, for the Book of Verse, Henry Constable. Who was Sir Philip Sidney? Swim says, I'm she says, Sir Philip Sidney is a poet we have already read. Poems 88 through 95. He was an English poet, courtier, scholar, and soldier who is remembered as one of the most prominent figures of the Elizabethan age. I guess I forgot the name, but there we go. It did ring a bell. Sir Philip Sidney, we read his poems earlier. And then here we go, uh, a few weeks later, perhaps, reading a poem uh, mourning his death. Uh, it was a good depiction of uh, the denial that goes along with death. Acoustic Eel says, In the USA, we just hit one million deaths from COVID. This stanza really hit home. I did not know that thou wert dead before. I did not feel the grief I did sustain. The greater stroke astonishes the more. Astonishment takes from us a sense of pain. It's tough to keep feeling the grief that we keep sustaining. Luckily, I have not lost anyone I know to COVID, but I try to remember that it isn't, hasn't, sorry, gone away yet. Man, I just want to go back and say that again. You've just hit a million, one million deaths from COVID in the USA is... I don't even know. I'm speechless. Like, that is... It's so bad, isn't it? And... I don't know. It's, it's sobering. You know, we've... Here in Australia, we've just become so... Uh, used to it. <coughs> and just relaxed. Melbourne, especially where I'm from, was known worldwide as having some of um, the strictest lockdowns and protocols around COVID and it worked until then it didn't work we had lockdown after lockdown and all these strict rules in place and then um, you know mandatory uh, vaccinations when we un when we when we reopened the world and dropped all of our restrictions um, it was on the condition that you were vaccinated double dosed vaccinated and we did that and now and then we kind of reopened up the world and some people didn't get vaccinated most people did um and now we just don't like it's just like everyone just got over it stopped caring and we just kind of went yep and then nearly everyone you know everyone i know has had it I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure everyone I know has had it. Most people I know have had it. Um, and luckily we're, for the most part, all vaccinated, which I guess made it not so bad. I don't know anyone who's died from it. But, um, I don't know, it's just... I feel really worried recently. Like, everyone's back at school, we're going back to the office, we're going out to all these social functions and things we need to turn up to, and... I just feel like, man, I, I'm gonna get it. In the, I'm gonna get it again. I'm gonna get it a second time. I don't know. I just feel like it'll be worse every time I get it. Anywho, we're talking about COVID. That's not relevant. Tech says this one really captured being surprised by grief. I don't know 
The context here, but it felt like the poet came late to learning of the demise of the mysterious Sir Philip Sidney. People have already mourned him, and Sir Philip has already been serenaded in heaven by an angel, so the poet feels that his lateness and his sudden grief is somehow misplaced. I like this one a lot, although it's hard to really explain why I like it, because it's besides its off-kilter approach with the idea of a late comer to the realisation of someone passing. By the way, it turns out Sir Philip was another poet, a scholar, and a courtier. Yep, so we've already read some of his poems, apparently, which is cool. I'm sure I would remember them if I went back and skimmed to them. Um, Alright. Yeah, it did so many short... Such a short amount of text, you know, it was one very short poem, and it captured all that feeling of being kind of late to grieving and feeling almost unworthy of, of grieving, like you're late to the party, and uh, because of that, your grief isn't valid in a way. That guilt about that really, really well done. All right, let's move along here. Today's poet, what's today's poet's name? Let's find out. Uh, wait, who did we have yesterday? Henry Constable. That means today we are reading Samuel Daniel. Samuel Daniel, what a name. Born 1562. Died 1619. Love is a sickness. Great title. Love is a sickness full of woes, all remedies refusing. A plant that with most cutting grows, most barren with best using. Why so? More we enjoy it, more it dies. If not enjoyed, it sighing cries, hey ho. Love is a torment of the mind, a tempest everlasting. And Jove hath made it of a kind, not well nor full nor fasting. Why so? More we enjoy it, more it dies. If not enjoyed, it sighing cries, hey ho. This is Ulysses and Siren. Siren. Come, worthy Greek, Ulysses, come, possess these shores with me. The winds and seas are troublesome, and here we may be free. Here we may sit and view their toil, the travail in the deep, enjoy the day in mirth the while, and spend the night in sleep. Ulysses, fair nymph, if fame or honour were to be attained with ease, then would I come and rest me there, and leave such toil as these, but here it dwells, and here must I with danger seek it forth to spend the time luxuriously, becomes not men of worth. Siren, Ulysses, oh, be not deceived, with that unreal name this honour is a thing conceived, and rests on others' fame, begotten only to molest our peace and to beguile, the best thing of our life, our rest, and give us up to toil. Ulysses, delicious nymph. Suppose there were no honour nor rapport, yet report, sorry, yet manliness would scorn to wear the time in idle sport, for toil doth give a better touch to make us feel our joy, and ease finds tediousness as much as labour yields annoy. Siren Then pleasure likewise seems the shore where to tend all your toil which you forego to make it more and perish oft the while who may disport them diversely find never tedious day and ease may have variety as well as action may ulysses but natures of the noblest frame these toils and dangers please and they 
take comfort in the same as much as you in ease, and with the thought of actions past are recreated still when pleasure leaves a touch at last to show that it was ill. Siren, that doth opinion only cause that out of custom bred, which makes us many other laws than ever nature did. No widow's wail for our delight, our sports are without blood. The world we see by warlike whites received more hurt than good. Ulysses. But yet the state of things require these motions to of unrest, and these great spirits of high desire seem born to turn them best, to purge the mischiefs that increase and all good order mar, for oft we see a wicked peace to be well changed for war. Siren. Well, well, Ulysses, then I see I shall not have thee here, and therefore I will come to thee and take my fortune there. I must be one that cannot win it, yet lost where I not won. For beauty hath created been to undo or be undone. This one is called Beauty, Time and Love Sonnets. Uh, it's a handful of sonnets. Sonnet was one. Fair is my love, and cruel as she's fair, her brow shades frown, although her eyes are sunny. Her smiles are lightning, though her pride despair, and her disdains are gall, her favours honey, a modest maid decked with a blush of honour, whose feet do tread green paths of youth and love. To her of all eyes that look upon her, sacred on earth, designed a Satan above. Chastity and beauty, which were deadly foes, Live reconciled, friends with her brow. And had she pity to conjoin with those, Then who had heard the plaints I utter now? For had she not been fair and thus unkind, My muse had slept and none had known my mind. Number two. My spotless love hovers with purest wings About the temple of the proudest frame, where blaze those lights fairest of earthly things, which clear our clouded world with brightest flame. My ambitious thoughts confined in her face affect no honour but what she can give. My hopes do rest in limbs of her grace. I weigh no comfort unless she relieve. For she that can my heart in paradise holds in her fairest hand what dearest is. My fortunes wheel the circles of her eyes, whose rolling grace deign once a turn of bliss. All my life's sweet consists in her alone, so much I love the most unloving one. 3. And yet I cannot reprehend the flight, or blame the attempt, presuming so to soar, the mounting venture for a high delight did make the honour of the fall the more. For who gets wealth that put not from the shore, danger hath honour, great designs their fame. Glory doth follow, courage goes before, and though the event oft answers not the same, suffice that high attempts have never shame. The mean observer whom base safety keeps, lives without honour, dies without a name, and in eternal darkness ever sleeps. And therefore, Delia, tis to me no blot to have attempted, though attained thee not. Number four. When men shall find thy flower, thy glory, pass, and thou, with careful brow, sitting alone, received, hast this message from thy glass, that tells the truth, and says that all is gone. Fresh shalt thou see in me the wounds thou maddest, 
thou spent thy flame in me the heat remaining I that have loved thee thus before thou fadest my faith shall wax when thou art in thy waning the world shall find this miracle in me that fire can burn when all the matter's spent then what my faith hath been thyself shalt see in that thou waste unkind thou mayest repent thou mayest repent that thou hast scorned my tears when winter snows upon thy sable hairs number five beauty sweet love is like the morning dew whose short refresh upon the tender green cheers for a time but till the sun doth show and straight tis gone as it had never been soon doth it fade that makes the fairest flourish short is the glory of the flushing rose the hue which thou so carefully dost nourish yet which at length thou must be forced to lose when thou surcharged with burthen of thy years shalt bend thy wrinkles homeward to the earth and that in beauty's lease expired appears the date of age and calends of our death but ah no more this must not be foretold for women grieve to think they must be old number six I must not grieve my love whose eyes would read lines of delight whereon her youth might smile flowers have time before they come to seed and she is young and now must sport the while and sport sweet maid in season of these years and learn to gather flowers before they, they wither and where the sweetest blossom first appears let love and youth conduct thy pleasure thither lightened forth smiles to clear the clouded air and calm the tempest which my sighs do raise pity and smiles do best become the fair pity and smiles must only yield thee praise make me to say when all my griefs are gone happy the heart that sighed for such a one and number seven let others sing of knights and paladines in aged accents and untimely words paint shadows in imaginary lines which well the reach of their high wit records but i must sing of thee and those fair eyes authentic shall my verse in time to come when yet the unborn shall say lo where she lies whose beauty made him speak that else was dumb these are the arcs the trophies i erect that fortify thy name against old age and these thy sacred virtues must protect against the dark and time's consuming rage though the error of my youth in them appear suffice they show i lived and loved thee dear that's a goodie i like that i like the last one um all right that's it thanks for listening see you tomorrow